This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Take two, Miss Elise Parati. Thank you, Vinny, for putting us in touch. For everybody listening, we're getting into big tech censorship, Section 230, what I've talked about with Mr. Mike Durant, what I've talked about with Joe Ken, what I've talked about with Mike Collins. And as we were just saying before we started recording, there really is nothing more important than freedom of speech. Nothing else. I mean, truly, it's like um, it doesn't matter what movie you want to pick out. It doesn't matter. Hey, this one, I like the special effects in this one. This one has a different different plot. If the TV doesn't turn on, if the power cable is not working, whether it's a movie or a sports rerun or whatever, none of it matters unless the screen turns on. And that's kind of my logic with free speech and the flow of information. Without those, nothing from infrastructure bills to to voting rights, to to abortion, to uh, freedom of assembly, to COVID, to borders, anything. doesn't matter. But because I'm rude and terrible host, please introduce yourself for all the listeners. Well, thank you for having me, Tommy. I'm Elise Parati. I'm the VP and co-founder of Free Space Social. We founded Free Space as, you know, kind of a resort in the sense that we want better technology because as you've seen all these other apps come up, a lot of times, you know, the tech isn't behind it. The, the mission is there. But what we want to do is bring people a place where they can still have their voice, where it's technology driven. So for so let's just jump right into Section 230, because like everything I just said, when I've talked to these individuals running for office, it sounds really good. And we're kind of patting ourselves on the back. and We should do this. Free speech is this. Yes. You know, rah, rah, donate here. Go to this you know campaign office. But nothing really happens. And, you know, anyone that listens to this podcast knows I got permanently banned from YouTube on August 29th, 2021 for interviewing Dr. Peter McCullough for the third time. And Dr. Having Dr. Malone on here didn't help either. I've definitely gone from having to talk about it on YouTube, like, hey, these suspensions suck, to the rubber hits the road. All of a sudden, it's like, now I got to figure out Rumble. It's a smaller platform. Like, okay, Twitter censorship. You got to go to Getter and Parler and Gab. And some of them suck and some of them are more powerful. What can people actually do through this app to actually sort of move from the patting each other on the back? Freedom of speech is important. Yeah. And then you, you know, go get drunk or whatever. What can people actually do and or what does this enable them to do? I mean, I think it's exactly what you just said. A lot of people, when you see them going to the alternative apps, it does become, quote unquote, an echo chamber where you're just hearing the same thing over and over. That's not what the First Amendment is about. It's about discussion. What we want is we want to have a technology forward app that has the things that like Instagram has and Facebook has the even your TikTok style reels where people come and have fun. Like we want people to come on and make jokes and still not take everything so seriously. Like a lot of the things that people have the most fun with, like on YouTube or anything like that, is still having tech, having fun. So we're doing that, but then just kind of taking social back to how it was created to be. Like even back in the day, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram 
they were not looking at your posts. They weren't censoring them. They weren't even worried about what they were posting. Yeah. Then they realized exactly how powerful they were and just kind of like have turned into these overlords. Yeah. We want to give the power back to our user while also still making it fun, having you know people sharing memes. I know our CEO is such a jokester. He loves to laugh. He loves to make people laugh. So we have a button on our app that's like share a meme, share a joke, make somebody laugh because that's what life's about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because, you know, when you go to these things, like when subreddits get banned from Reddit or, yeah, YouTube or really not that, but other platforms, yeah, you go on and it's just, it is so serious. It's like, you know, we, you know, it's Patriots Unite. And it's like, wait, but I still want to like, just like look at funny videos. Like I still want to hear dick jokes, but it's just like, you know, we got, you know, 1770. And you're like, dude, Continental Congress is great and all, but like, you know, give me the Fauci memes. Like, give me the Pepe memes. Like, I want something else. And that is, I mean, that's kind of like a huge thing that's difficult to address because, you know, it's, you don't like it, go make your own. So you go make your own. But the reality is, is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the UI, the intuitiveness of it, the visual pleasure of it. It's very pleasing to use. It's very comfortable. It's smooth. It's sexy. I mean, you go to other ones and it, it kind of feels like you're like visiting a browser on like a Game Boy, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's, it's kind of what we're used to, too, because we kind of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Those are the first things that we have. You we were basically trained how to use social media on those platforms. So we're going to be very judgmental of anything else that comes out because we're like, oh, this doesn't work the same way as Instagram does. It's clunkier. It's this. It's that. So, I mean, I hear that all the time because we've been in the beta phase and free space. So we people go on there and they'll rip it apart, but we'll take the feedback and we want to institute it. But I do think that the biggest thing to keep in mind is these platforms are a decade ahead of anything else that's going to come out. So one of the cool things about our technology is that it's been being built for four to five years. So we are in that ahead of the game tech space to launch. We're powered by Skylab. So we can spin up and build apps, you know, in about 24, 48 hours. Free space we spent a lot more time on, but one of the things that we see coming in the future is decentralization of tech. So many people are going to have their own apps. Like for instance, you know, Dr. Malone or Peter McAuliffe, if people want to get their content directly and they do not have to worry about any other person taking them off, taking down their videos, they can just power up their own app and people can go directly to them, their own servers and all that kind of information so that we can have like a... A kind of a, a safety net of knowing that we can still access this information even if it's removed yeah yeah i mean i'm like ever since i got banned i'm like super paranoid about like i up i went from just being on youtube to like bit shoot rumble odyssey spotify but also having like hard drives now in a waterproof bag in a fireproof safe because i'm just <laughs> like i'm like you know who's coming next but that is true because even with things like like rumble rumble does ban people still right yeah and not just i mean there are the givens right you can't you know incite violence you know you can't you know solicit you know adolescent pornography like the givens that are federal law but even things like odyssey even like like getter getters now taking money from china which is what reddit did in summer 2020 before it really started to nosedive so there's kind of to quote ramdas the philosopher talking about meditation there's nowhere to stand with meditation. You can find peace. I got it all. Got a wife. Mm -hmm. I got the kids. The bills are paid. Something else always comes up. A family death, a global pandemic, 
a car crash. There's nowhere to stand. And you can either let that rattle you and bring you down, or you can let it sharpen you into an even more lethal or efficient tool in whatever it is you're doing. So like, let's take Alex Jones, you know, the really the sacrificial lamb on all of it. For whatever you think about Alex Jones, the sacrificial lamb in all of this. He is now, he has his own actual like video platform website. Like, so it doesn't matter. He's on Rumble, BitChute Odyssey, but it doesn't matter if they nuke him because he has that sort of core. He has that Alamo, like not one step back. This is where it is. So do you see that it going in that direction more to where it's so decentralized? So it's not even like, okay, YouTube's banning clips of Rogan and Malone, but they're on Spotify or you can go find the episodes on the other video platforms. Do you see it going that direction? Not that you have a crystal ball, but do you see it going in that direction to where it's like, no, 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 forget alternative. I mean, truly down to like, like Tommy app, Rogan app. Do you see it going that way? 100%. Obviously, like with what we're doing at Free Space, we want everyone to come here, but we also know that there is such a big business. Think about when websites first came out. There was WordPress was the master. You can go get your own website. Um, and that was back when the internet came out. That was like unheard of, you having your own website. Now that everyone has their mobile phones and you're going down the line of everything has an app. Stores have apps. Individuals are now moving into it. And it's also an asset because now you have your space. You have everybody in one place. You can get directly to you know, either your constituents, your fans, anything like that, people that come to you for your information, uh, whether that be for medical reasons or other things, you have a place where you, you can get your word out. And literally there's no terms of service telling you, no, you can't post this, but you can't post that. What, with that being said, obviously you have to follow the law, but I do see it happening on a very broad scale. For something like, like you said, it, it's it's kind of that red pill where it's like, we need to make our own platforms, our own apps. But let's also be very honest, like Facebook, YouTube, I mean, these things are trillion dollar mega corporations. They're right out of dystopian novels. Like they're evil corp. <laughs> I know, but yes, but seriously though, right? And it's like it's like I get it. They're 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 great, they're better, but at the same time, they're entrenched and they've been there for a while. Um but do you see that as perhaps I'm just now thinking of this, do you see that as perhaps a benefit in that you know, like uh, like a lot of third world countries will sort of leapfrog the second world country status because first world countries like the United States, China, UK, Russia, whatever, have pushed these technologies forward for you know GPS satellites or fiber optic cables or you know, antibiotics. You don't necessarily need to go through that trial and error process like like Rogan showed podcasts were possible. So now it's like I can kind of leapfrog that doubt and be like, okay, now now I just got to do it. I just got to get guessed. He showed that this sort of free form rambling, which I'm doing this episode and I do every episode, like it can work. Do you see any, the point of this is, do you see any benefit maybe them being a decade ahead? Because you can almost, you can almost mimic them. Like, let's see what works. What is appealing? What is visually appealing? What, what do people want? Do you think there's any benefit in that? I mean, 
There's a benefit because they. I will, one of the things I will say is, as much as I don't like what they've become, they paved the way yeah. for where we're at now. Yeah. So, like you know, think about even back and I'm aging myself now, being in high school when MySpace first came out, and that was like the coolest thing ever. You have your own website, you have your top eight, and that was the thing. And yeah. then that paved the way for Facebook, and then all the other things. So I think that it paves the way for ingenuity in tech. So. As a new company and new startup, and working at a startup is it's, it's a roller coaster. It's highs and lows. It's figuring things yeah. out. So they did kind of like figure out what people like and what people like to use. So now that that trial and error is done, we can kind of come in and it opens up the space for us to kind of like take Facebook, Twitter, Instagram out of a monopoly and open up opportunities. Like for instance, what's happening with Rumble? Rumble is having amazing success. And it's literally just because of with, you know, congrats to Mongino. Um, and it's, they're having amazing success and all that kind of stuff. And it's because of the, you know, YouTube paved the way for a video hosting platform. The, oh, the open public said, okay, we really like this product, but we don't like what they're doing as a company. Another one comes up behind there. And, you know, it, it, opportunity is there. Yeah. So I will agree with you on that. And same thing with us. We are more of a Facebook alternative. So Facebook did pave that way. They came out um, were originally just a timeline for people to, you know, break college chicks. I think that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. And it, it turned into what it is. And here we are. And we have this opportunity to be big and have a combo of like different features. But the biggest thing that I would recommend companies doing is doing something different. Like take what they did that's right, but come up with your own feature. And that's what we have coming with Free Space 2.0. We we have a lot of really cool minds working on it. So we're like, hey, let's take that and let's amp it up a notch. Yeah. So that's kind of what you need to do. Yeah. You can tell on whether there's two things on this podcast, whether I'm yelling about COVID lockdowns with doctors or whether I'm talking about free speech, you can actually, if you take the whole video and then just kind of scroll through it, you can, you'll see my face gradually getting redder and redder as I get amped up and start yelling. Um, so just ignore yeah. that. It's not a, you know, some people have been like, dude, are you having an allergic reaction? I'm like, no, 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 it's cool. I'm just a, a psycho. Um, Excuse my voice. I've been talking all day long. Dude, you're fine. So. You're fine. Dude, you're absolutely yeah. fine. It's, it's, but so like, no, 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 no. So, um, but what you're saying is, is do take those things, but also, and I know everybody shits on them, as do I. Um, Tim Dillon's my favorite comedian. He always makes fun of him. But like Gary V, right? He, but he yeah. does have a quote, and most of his quotes are insane and don't really make any sense. Like you know, you know, uh, uh, gratitude's delicious. I'm like, the hell does that mean? But he did have a good one that I heard like right when I was starting the podcast, and it was to anyone working in the creative space: if you're doing what everyone else is doing, you're doing it wrong. And like when I first started this, I think in like the first 10 episodes, I had like three, I had like, th like three guys that were from like the Navy. I was just grabbing people and people are like, you need to do a Navy podcast. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So I had on like serial killer investigators, like, like genuine, like FBI investigators. And people are like, you need to do like the serial killer podcast. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, sometimes I just want to, like, have on friends and, like, yell about, like, UFOs. Other times I want to talk about, like, a presidential election. Or other times I want to talk about a history of Nazi concentration camps or, or whatever. And the farther I've gone along that path, I've realized that is the strength. Because, right, like, people have been like, you need to have more appealing uh, thumbnails. 
Well, you go to YouTube, like, you get lost in the blur. It's all the same shit, excuse me. But it's the white outline with the bright background and the big letters and the you want to show your teeth and your mouth with wide, uh, eyes wide open. You want to show uh, three uh, three whites. It's all the same thing, right? You want to take one of the words in the title and make it all caps. You know, prank gone wrong, gone sexual. Yeah, the first guys to figure it out, like a like a pootie pie or something. Sure, they cashed in. But man, when, when you're the nine thousandth channel, you just blend in now, right? It's you know the first you know the first guy to grow his hair to his ass and getting like a Volkswagen Bug, like he was a hippie but by the nine millionth one it's just copy paste so as much as i love seeing all these platforms kind of arise it does get old when it's like if the founding fathers were alive today you're like dude enough with the the constitution like i get it it's important yes it's the cornerstone of our democracy but like uh, do you know what i'm saying Absolutely. I mean, I think that the other thing, just leading back to what you were talking about with some of the banning that Getter is doing, a lot of people think that it's so simple to start a platform. And, you know, like I used to be the CMO at Parlor, so I've seen all of this stuff unfold. Yeah. So I've been in the alternative tech space for a long time and there's a lot that goes into it. You're always going to make someone angry, you know, even with terms of service, like you said, you can't break the law and you can't be posting, you know, pornographic images. And I know even that is an argument because there's many people that think that porn is protected by the first amendment, but that is very, very debatable. And we can talk about that for a long time. Um, So when you are starting a company, there's all these different things. And there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, this, people want this, let's just launch it. It'll be, it'll be great. Let's get, you know, questionable funding. It'll be, it'll be fine. And then they run into all these issues that, you know, they were not expecting because it is such a cliche space. That's where like, I took what I learned from my previous job and I teamed up with some really great tech people and, you know, great investors that are, we're all U.S. based, U.S. hosted, uh, America, but we also, want everyone to come to our platform. We're not going to say, oh, we're just for conservatives. We're just for this this person. And it's like I said in the beginning of our interview is that we're supposed to be what social media was to be begin with for everybody. Post what you want, have open forum discussion, have fun and do that. But and, and have those, those hard conversations, but we're not going to say, oh, we're just for one side or the other because we're for America, yeah. regardless of what you believe in. Yeah, no, it's it goes just as bad when it's like finally a, a platform for conservatives. It's like, dude, wait, no, that that that's just as bad. It's it's the same cancerous black hole of echo chambers and circle jerks. It's like, dude, we're not getting anywhere. The whole point is to have a dialogue. And also what you said is, you know, I can only imagine it's amplified times a thousand. I have my own experience with starting a podcast. The same hole at the highs and the lows. It's just me. Some days you're on top of the world. You're like, I just interviewed Dr. Malone. Other days you're just sitting there and you're like, the hell am I doing in my life? Like my little brother's engaged. All my friends own houses. Like I'm in an apartment screaming at a microphone. Like it has the ups and downs, but there's also the simplicity to it where it's like, oh, I could do this and not make anyone angry. And then you realize there's there's quite literally nothing you could do. There's really no topic you could cover without making someone angry, even if you tried. Even if you just said, man, this election's going to be contentious. What do you mean by that? And you're like, what do you mean? What do I mean by that? It's a pandemic and there's riots. Of course it's going to be contentious. I can only imagine it's scaled up to a thousand with starting an app, right? 
from funding. You know, do we want this dark money from China or Saudi Arabia or some crypto coin human traffickers off the coast of the Cayman Islands? Or do we want to get genuine investors? You also have to, you can't keep everything on. I had, I had on a, like early episodes, like first 20, I had on a kid that survived a school shooting and it was like, it was like intense, right? Like his friend died rushing a, a shooter. The next day I had on this guy and he was like, by the way, that guy you had on yesterday, that like 16 year old kid, I was like, yeah, man, heartbreaking. And he goes, state actor, fake. And I was like, and I found out very, I like stopped the recording. I was like, hey, man, I'm not going to put that up. And he's like, it's free speech. And I was like, you're right. It is. I'm not co-signing that, though. It's not no. free speech for me. And like instantly red pilled myself because I was like, well, what about other apps now that I'm going, it's all free speech. Maybe you don't want the pedophile on your platform. Maybe you, maybe you don't want the guy that's saying the school shooting didn't happen. And now all of a sudden you're like, am I the evil corp? Yeah, it's, it's really tough because there's, there's some things you don't touch. And when it comes to like issues like that, obviously there are some people that have different opinions and you can talk about it, but it, it being your own podcast, you don't have necessarily have to endorse it. If, sure. And I, I think that there is a fine line between like a personal podcast and a company yeah. um, actually censoring your speech. Uh, because like people can say that even though it's not true, someone can put it out there because it's, you know, open discussion yeah. for you on your own podcast. You, if you're having that conversation and you don't necessarily shut it down or change subject, you could be kind of like looped into endorsing it. So it is a little bit different in my opinion, but um, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it is definitely more simple in in that sense of um of I can I can always kind of make that argument like hey, I'm not I'm having on a guest, right? You know, I'm I'm more of a right-leaning guy. I've had on, you know, multiple my liberal friend Ernie, who's the antithesis of me. Like first generation immigrant from Mexico, like worked in the Democratic Party, but I love him. We went to college together. I don't co-sign what he says. And, and I think if anyone ever said him said said to him, why are you on that guy's podcast? He'd say, I don't co-sign what he says, right? It's just a discussion. And then so it would come up, well, well, why would I shut down that guy talking about like school shootings? And yeah, there isn't like a genuine reason. So maybe it was just so appalling to me that I was like, dude, I'm not putting that up. I mean, there are a few things that, you know, I think like hardcore racial slurs, I'd probably edit out. And I think, and then, yeah, and those aren't illegal. But again, that's a podcast. That's not a business. So you do, if you are a business, you have that sort of diffusion of responsibility. But that also makes it more easy to tie things in, right? You and I are sitting here going, Google's evil corp. There's probably at least one person who just always wanted to be a software engineer that's a good guy that works for Google and he's like, Hey man, they have good dental insurance. Like I'm not I'm not part of the nineteen eighty four. No, absolutely. I mean, even like Google and Facebook, they they just keep, you know, the best engineers on their roster and they don't even necessarily use all of them just so that they, they can almost take away from others. Yeah. But I also think going back to the the school thing is that there's also a liability when you're having sure. someone, you could get sued. So that's one of the things that goes into it a little more on the social side is if there is things that are continually have already have even been proven not to be true in court, 
you might have to pull them down. So the whole the school shooting thing in terms of like getting removed or getting something taken off, that could be a reason why a video is pulled down because it actually could get the platform sued. So those are the things to think about. Do you think that there is an, obviously I have no experience in like the alternative tech space. So you might have to guide this conversation if I'm just kind of going wild. Do you think there's ever any concern? So for instance, on Reddit, one thing they have done and there's like open screenshots of people talking about this tactic is you go on to a subreddit you don't want there anymore. Let's just say, make it up. I don't have one, but let's say Tommy's podcast and they can't find a reason to take it down and they can't, they don't, they know they don't want it because you're a, I'm a right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a right leaning white guy with an American flag behind me. Like clearly I'm Satan. What they have done before is they'll go in there under like throwaway accounts and just start talking about like, um, hey, let's build some bombs and like overthrow the government. Or, hey, anyone know where to find some like dark web porn? Like even not links, just text, just saying those things to where now Reddit, even though they're, they're probably approving of it, now they can go, we have to take it down. That's one thing I've always thought about with like a parlor or a getter. Man, and, and like the cutthroat, zero-sum game of like international business not even necessarily the evilness of big tech but right i mean corporate espionage like yeah if i'm if i'm a cutthroat if i'm a rockefeller if i'm a if i'm a you know a a standard oil magnet if i'm jp morgan okay now it's 2022 if i'm a zuckerberg yeah man nothing's off the table like not even not even for the whole dystopian you know no free speech thing do you guys ever have that concern and I guess that would apply to me as well. What if someone comes on here just to say something hyper-inflammatory? It, it's absolutely possible. If you also get into this space, if you think about some of the people that have been banned from Twitter, even and it's not even the specific companies that do it, there can be bots hired or paid for that go into mass report posts or mass yeah. thing and comment So if you actually look at the basis of a lot of people that were moved, it's because they had bot farms or troll farms, mass reporting, adding all this nasty stuff. So the company's like, oh, I have to, we have to do something about it. We have to remove it. Like our hands are tied um, without necessarily like caring too much. So it's like, if they have a little bit of push to do it when they already wanted to do it, it makes it easier and justifiable for them to do. I was, uh, I was up at my parents, uh, my parents were retired and I was up at their place over Christmas. It's like a beautiful log cabin in the woods. And I was just taking a couple of days off from the podcast and I got a terrible stomach bug and I was just kind of stuck in bed. It, was, it really sucked actually. And, uh, I was just laying there and I took like a little bit of like a pot cookie to kind of like settle my stomach. And I was laying there just kind of like, and I, like, I never smoked. So I was just kind of, I was like, you know, I was kind of out there and I was like, you know, it was kind of hitting on me and I was like, man, it's so weird that I'm like friends with Dr. McCullough and that like I can just email Dr. Malone. And I was like, that is crazy. And I was like, but it's cool. And I had the last episode I had done before Christmas break was an episode with Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough. And I was like, I was looking at like Dr. Malone's Twitter and I was just scrolling through it. And I, whenever, whenever he comes on, he's been on my podcast five times. Whenever someone comes on, like I'll have him tweet the episode, right? It's a shameless plug to get me more traffic and more subscribers. And I realized that he hadn't tweeted the most recent episode we had done. And I was like, oh, 
So I sent him an email. I was like, Dr. Malone, uh, any chance you could please tweet episode 651, you know, belated Merry Christmas. Can't wait for the next episode. And he got back to me at like two in the morning. He said, sure thing. And I was like, oh, cool. So I'm just kind of laying there and not really thinking about what was just set in motion. And I, when I woke up the next morning and it was on the news that Dr. Malone was banned from Twitter. And I was like, there's no way. And I looked at his last, his last tweet and it was something about like childhood vaccines. But Ben Shapiro's channel actually clipped my podcast, like a little screenshot of it. And they're like, it seems to be the final nail in the coffin from Dr. Malone was a tweet about this podcast. And I was like, oh my God. So like, sometimes it's not even bot farm. Sometimes it's like an idiot like me. I'm not really sure why I told you that story. It doesn't really apply to this, but. No, I mean, I I think that it does because it goes back to the idea of you never know what it is that's going to get you nuked necessarily on these platforms. I think now that we know Twitter has a new CEO, um, he's putting in all this new COVID, you know, guidelines, terms of service. Basically, if you question anything, even if you're just having a discussion, even if you created the, you know, mRNA and all that kind of stuff, you're not allowed to talk about it if it doesn't fit the narrative that they're outlining. So you just never know. It's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Yeah, that was a... that was like worst case that's like what happened was like the kind of paranoia you have if you never smoke weed and then you do you think about (laughs) something like that happening it was that squared because it actually did happen i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god he's never gonna talk to me again um but yeah that is kind of a thing and even now recently i mean i noticed yesterday for the first time like when i post episodes on facebook if it has anything to do with covid and you go and try to like i accidentally clicked the share button yesterday like, why would I share my own thing? I just post, but I just accidentally clicked it. And it was like, are you sure? Like, contains content about COVID. And this user has repeatedly uh, spread misinformation before. And I was like, dude, this thing is spiraling so down it's so quickly. Crazy to me. And the one thing that I think about at night, because my husband and I like to watch a lot of, like, the futuristic shows, like the Evil Corp show or yeah. iRobot. Yeah. Oh, God. Like there's a couple like futuristic ones. We just watched 2049 the other night about like, you know, 200 years in the future. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the like whole idea of what they're doing now, it's like compliance. You know, if everything is for your safety, don't yeah. question us. We are doing this to keep you safe. Meanwhile, the sky is falling. The world is like crazy, but just keep it. We're keeping you safe because this is, we know best, you know? And I think that that's kind of, we're in the entry level to basically what they're doing is they're testing us. They're saying, okay, like we're going to, we're going to try and shift the narrative. We're going to do this. Let's see if people are, are going to follow along or if they're going to riot. And that's kind of like where we're at. There is that, it's that that freaky moment that I think a lot of people, and I don't blame them, are perhaps more comfortable with just not addressing it, not addressing the elephant in the room. You know, I don't want to, you know, know, the the bump on your breast. I don't want to go to the doctor. I I just don't want to know. I don't want to know, right? It is, there's a comfort in that. And I've certainly done that before in my life. But we are at that point where it's like, if you could go back and I know people are going to, again, there's no such thing as not making people angry. You're going to say it's a dramatic, uh, dramatic comparison, but we are kind of at that point. And it's like 1933 Germany. And you're like, 
it can like we don't have to go down this path like we 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 don't have it's where it's going but Mm -hmm. we don't i mean i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna drop my phone it's gonna hit my leg if i drop it now like i can still kind of push it out of the way it takes a little bit of effort and it's easier to just keep your hands on your lap we're at a we're at a moment in history where like we still can act because as you said it's very very slow i mean like we we're talking about with uh, twitter and facebook and them being a decade ahead of you guys and evil corp like but they're still ahead they have more funding they have more you know engineers so you kind of you know caps off you're like all right they they're a little more smooth a little sexier product but what do you do you learn from them everyone learns from everyone you don't look back and reinvent the wheel you know tesla started in 2008 well you look back at 100 years of car manufacturers and you go where'd they mess up what can i do differently i'm sure the creators of TikTok, you know, Xi Jinping himself or whoever, looked at other companies and were like, how can we make this a little bit better? The idea that that's not also happening with people in power, looking back at all of human history, and it's like, hey, if you just start like invading countries with tanks, it doesn't go over well. If you just start picking up people and throwing them in concentration camps, it's propaganda for the other side, and all of a sudden you'll have a million men storming the beaches. If you just, for your health, we, you got to do it for the health. It's not, it's not that it's we're, it's not that we're blocking free speech. It's hate speech. It's hate speech. You don't want to be pro hate, do you? And it is that to me. That's the most terrifying part. Is, it's like the angler fish. You know that creepy fish, like deep down in the ocean, and it's got the little light, and it has the big scary mouth. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You put that out there, and it sucks them in. And then you chomp down and kill them. To me, that is what big tech seems like. It's not the boot. It's not the gun in the face. It's here are the memes. Here are the pictures of girls. Here, Don't say that. That's hate speech. It's mm-hmm. compliance, but it's also, it's training. Yeah. Don't, don't say I think it's. It's even deeper than that, because if you think about before, you know, 2016, before tech really got um, into it, I mean, tech didn't realize necessarily even how powerful they were in elections until the 2016 election um, and with what they were able to do. And so many content creators outside of just politics, but there were many, many, you know, political influencers that were making tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook, on YouTube, on other platforms. And then all of a sudden, their accounts are just taken away or they're demonetized. So not only are they saying, okay, you have to fall in line, you have to do this. But if you don't, your whole source of income is going to be sweeped right out from underneath you. And that actually comes with like a really crazy you know, precedent because most people will be like, okay, I'll shut up for the 10 grand a month that I'm making. I, I won't talk about that. Well, we, we'll, we won't do that. And it's a little bit of a a training because if you're not saying it in your daily videos or daily life, you're going to start self-censoring in your personal. And it's just a very slippery slope there. And it's just like what Twitter does. Twitter actually physically makes you delete your tweet in order to get your account back. I know. It's a power move. It's a power move. And it's actually psychological warfare. They're messing with you because they're like, we didn't make you, we didn't do it. You did it. Yeah. To get your if you really think about it that way, it's it's crazy, and it really it makes you wonder what the full on motive is because they you can't tell me that Twitter and Facebook don't have psychologists that are letting them know what's all behind this. Of course, you would. 
Oh yeah, of why would, again, just from a business standpoint, of course you would. You're you're dealing with people's, you know, attention span. No, I've had that happen to me. And why well, still I can I can happily say I, I have some accounts that are just still frozen because I'm like, I'm not pressing the button. I'm like, fuck you. I'm like, I won't do it. I'm like, I won't do it. But there is it's training is what it is. Because to me, I look at it as like once it occurs in the Overton window, it doesn't matter anymore, right? So once they ban Alex Jones from everything, we all go, well, it was Alex Jones and he was talking about Sandy Hook. Now we're just going, well, it's the most egregious offender. We are no longer, we have already passed the threshold of, I'm the serial killer. Can you just let me in your house so I can use the phone? Once you've let me in the house, then it's all negotiation. Like, well, can I sit on the couch? I'm a little tired. Like, can I go to the kitchen? I want to make some food. It's only a matter of time before I get the knife. The big threshold, literally and metaphorically, was the front door threshold. You let me in. So once people start going, and I did it, the first suspension I got was for interviewing Claire Lopez, a CIA veteran. And she was just talking about election anomalies and Chinese involvement. And I got a suspension for that. And I was like, oh, shit. So I stopped talking about that. And then like a month later, I had on Roger Hodkinson. He was like one of the world's leading pathologists. And he was talking about the inefficacy of COVID lockdowns. And I got a suspension for that. And I started to self-censor because I was like, I wasn't even making money. That's how much of an idiot I am. It's not even like they're demonetizing me. Like I wasn't even monetized, but I was like, I want this thing to grow. And I was like, right, it's just COVID. It's just elections. Like, I'm not going to talk about that. And I would find myself having conversations like I am with you right now. And something would pop up and I would go, uh, and I kind of bounce around it, which when it's just one or two topics, what's the harm? It's just, it's just one or two topics. But I very, I remember it was not, it was not long. It was like a week or two after that, that I was like, where does this go? Like, where does this go? Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I going to not talk about this at the liquor store with Vinny? Like, Mm -hmm. am I now concerned? Does this have my job in it? It is a testing of, can we train? Why go out and kill all the wolves when you could just domesticate them into chihuahuas over 200 years? There's a Mm -hmm. much more insidious and intelligent way to conquer the enemy. We have gone completely off into the weeds. Back to the app. What What is important about it to you? Let me even reverse that. What made you get into the alternative tech space? You said you were at Parlor before this. Yeah, so I worked with with Parlor, and it was it was going it was right after the election. And one of the things that I told so many people because we saw it, you know, with some of the posts that were censored, I said, you know, this is such this is going to be such a big deal in the coming years. So I became passionate. I talked to many congressmen, senators, people running for office, you know, so many different big officials, and I said you guys need to start building alternative platforms. So we got a lot of really big names on that platform for that reason. Um, unfortunately, I, I did end up, you know, leaving Parler because, you know, there's the alternative space is tough and running a new company like that is also tough. And there were some things that I honestly wish would have been done differently. And that's when I met Skylab and the CEO of Free Space, John Willis. And we hadn't launched Free Space yet, but we sat down and we talked and we were just like, what can we do about this? And then a month later, um, Donald J. Trump, our sitting president, gets banned from Twitter. And we're like, all right, we're going to launch another platform. Yeah. So we 
we came up with, you know, and I had free space in the back of my mind. So I actually got to name the app. And so we were like, let's beta phase this, let's go. And so last year around, around this time, we were like, okay, let's do it. So we've been testing it out, building new features, doing all this kind of stuff. And so it's just kind of become a passion of mine that I never knew that I had until like opportunity presented itself. Like a, a decade ago, this wouldn't have ever existed, even this, this job market. But here we are, and it's all the, the future of tech and things like that. So I'm really excited to be able to have a space like this. If you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer or can edit it out about Parler. Because I had, I had, I got all psyched up because like, like a month and a half ago, someone from Parler reached out to me and they're like, we'd love to have you like back on our platform. And I guess I had stopped like commenting there or something or posting the videos there. I think it was when they got taken down by uh, Amazon Web Services. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. And you know, of course it's, you know, my podcast is small. So, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a neglected puppy. Give me any attention. I'm like, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be your best friend. And they're like, we'd love to have you on. We'd love to verify you. And like, you know, we're going to give, we'll boost you to the front page. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm making it. And like, it's not like they did anything bad, but I just, I've kind of noticed that like, I just, I don't, I don't hear anything back from them anymore. And like, when I go on, I'm kind of convinced that like, no one's actually on that app because even with a small podcast like mine, like on vid- different video platforms, but in terms of social media, forget even Facebook, Instagram, just kind of the Twitter and Twitter, Twitter analogs, Twitter, Getter, Parler, Gab. I just, <laughs> I post every day. I delete the apps after because I don't like having social media apps on my phone. It's not good for my health. Yeah. But then I download them the next day and I, so I'll do that today with this episode. And I just kind of always notice, you know, the notifications, right? By design, the little red dot. And, you know, Twitter and, and Twitter and uh, Getter kind of get the most. But you have two new followers or, you know, three people retweeted your podcast, which for me is like, hell yeah, three. Gab is like a little less, but I just started using it. Parler's weird, though, because I don't think I've ever seen like an interaction. Like I've never like a hundred and whatever followers, which is nothing. I get a very like eerie feeling from it. It it yeah. seems like it's dead. And I don't want to put you in a position where like you got to bash them or something. I don't care. You don't have to answer that at all. Oh, no. Seems, no, I don't. Yeah. It seems yeah, weird. No, I wouldn't bash at all. I do think again, you know, young company, it's, it's, it's such a crazy market. Right. And you know, things happen back and forth. There's a lot of things that I wish in the after I left that that would have been done differently um just in the messaging side uh, at one point there were millions and millions of people once they were taken down it just kind of like really messed with it um and then once they came back on even myself because I was there from like inception I have a hundred and four thousand followers on parlor and if I post anything it gets no traction just because those same people are no longer on the app ever since it came back so it's like a weird kind of, and again again to clarify like I don't have anything against I'm for anyone trying to break away from Twitter but it does it seems I don't know I get this weird kind of I feel like I'm walking through like an empty office building when I'm there like it's I hear that from so many people and it's like for me it was my baby for so long I moved on and we're we're really just jumping forward in the tech space and I think the biggest thing and the reason for that is because 
there's nothing like technology wise, there's nothing like new and exciting. That's like really getting people like I need to use this for that reason. Also with the alternatives out there. And that's why with free space, what we're really trying to do is have like free space 2.0 is coming in about two months. So we're going to have some really fun features. We have live, we have, we're going to have stories, uh, TikTok style reels that are based in the U S which is even more important. So I think people will really enjoy using the platform and that's, what's going to pull the people over. And it's not just going to be like, Oh, I'm going on here to post this because this is an alternative platform where I won't get silenced. And then I'm going to go back to my other app because I enjoy it more. Yeah. That's what we're really trying to fill that market. Yeah. There is that sort of intermediary gap. Like, I have like Stockholm syndrome, like banned by YouTube, but I still have like my YouTube premium because like I like to download documentaries and listen to them and I can turn my phone on airplane mode and listen to them at night. I upload, Rumble's getting better. Like I upload to BitChute every day, but I don't, I don't use BitChute because it's, it's terrible. It's, it's just terrible interaction. The entire, the, the way it's set up is just terrible. I can't use it. I support them. I, I love that they have a video platform that I can put my stuff up on. Like, I don't use it. I don't use Odyssey. Like, Rumble, I'll actually kind of use it sometimes. I'll be like, oh, like, okay, well, it's actually kind of working. And it is closing that gap between, you know, what you think should happen versus the one you actually use. So it's, I definitely, like, support them ideologically, not like a conservative sense, but, like, break away, like, decentralization. Yeah, but I, more power to you if you're if you're doing it, if you're spending the money, if you're if you have that vision, go for it. But it just kind of like ties back to what we discussed in the beginning. You have to do something different. You have to like stand out, and you have to be filling a need that someone has that's outside of the box of what they already have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there isn't any. There isn't maybe Getter. Getter and Rumble probably are the closest to me where I'm like. They could actually, I'm like, I feel like they could maybe actually become the new thing, if not rival the existing. What is it that free space is, if I can put you in the hot seat, Mm -hmm. what is it that free space is going to do that's offering something? Like, I guess, how is my podcast different? Well, it's not scripted and I'm weird and I talk about weird shit. And this podcast, within the first two minutes, we were talking about, you know, crisis actors and school shootings. And, you know, I didn't think I was going to say the term child pornography today, but that happened. Like, that's kind of the free flowing of this podcast, for better or worse. Hey, it's worked out. I've gotten Malone and McCall on here, so that's cool. So my thing is, like, I I just kind of, I know the language is sometimes too much, but to me, it's like what I like is, like I said to you before we start recording, recording, there's no topic. It's fire from the hip. I just want to see where the conversation flows naturally. So for me, I'm like, that's what I like about it. That's what I've stuck to. And in time, people have told me that's what I like about it. So it's like, okay, doing something different. You can't just copy like the Rogan, you know, unscripted three hour free flowing kind of whatever. What is it that y'all are doing the Georgia coming out? What is it that y'all are doing that is different from just a parlor getter gab? Because it is the Wild West, right? It's great that they're all breaking away, but some of them suck and they're going to die off. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the first thing I'll start with is that we are made, funded, and hosted in the USA. Um, one of my big concerns about getter is the same thing, the issue that pe- some people have with TikTok is that like, it, it was an app that used to be called Gatomi. So it's recycled. 
Chinese technology. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so it, before, when they launched in July, they actually, Yusubika told me they let all their users know that they'd be rebranding and that they'd have to, like, re-download their accounts. So, like, their technology is is from another country. Um, and then, you know, server-wise, you have to make sure that you're you're safe. So, like, that's why we're so passionate about that, because if you think about your data and your personal information is so vulnerable when you download an app, and you hop on it. So I do recommend everyone to be very careful about what alternatives that you do and what the motives of the people that launch those alternatives are. I don't know, I can't speak for them, but I'm just saying here at FreeSpace, we really wanna give the power back to the user, back to the creator, give you different um, you know, different features and things that where you can monetize yourself again. All the people that were banned on Facebook, even YouTube, you can come on here and you can make money again, powered, just empowering all of our users. I think that that, you know, obviously there are some others that are doing it, but we're going to take it and take it another step forward with some of our own niche features and things like that. And again, we'll see what happens when we put this all out there, how it goes. But I'm, I'm very optimistic for what's to come. Am I a normie for, for thinking Getter's good? Um... I just I, I'm careful about I'm careful about what I say about other platforms. Just sure. be careful. If someone else is trying to give people a voice, sure. But what we've seen with the recent accounts, like for instance, John Miller, uh, who was banned from Getter, such a, I love him. Um, back when I was in Parlor, we were on his show sometimes, and you know he he can you know say whatever he wants, and what he was banned for there was no reason for it. So basically one of the things that's written into their terms of service is that they can ban you for things that you do outside of the app. Oh God. And that is a very, very slippery slope. And that actually takes you in a worse frame than Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram's terms of service. And it's, it's a very weird precedent to set for the message that they put forth. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> No, that's, I didn't know that. I also didn't know, you know, coming into this, like I think I said earlier, like I know that like Getter, I thought they took money from, from China, like, like Reddit did, right? I don't approve of it, but you know, Reddit took $300 million from the CCP or from Tencent, which is every corporation in the United, not the United States and China is at least 51% owned by the CCP. So by extension, it's money from the CCP. They took $300 million from them. And I think it was the controlling share. I didn't know Getter was actually like a Chinese company rebranded. I thought they took money. No, they it's took, a Chinese. They they took the technology oh as well. As money. Oh, yeah, so that's for me. When I tell everyone, just do your research on these other companies, and do, like I say with FreeSpace, do your research into us. Like, look into like where we're based, where our servers are, all that kind of stuff, because. It's so important, and there will be a lot of charlatans that come into this space saying, oh, look, we're for you, and they're really just, like, opening up a giant data pool and collecting your information, selling your email, doing all that kind of stuff. You never really know because, you know, whenever there's a space for something else, you'll have people that come in that don't necessarily have the proper motive. It is kind of like... Uh, yeah, it's like Pfizer, like, getting everyone addicted on, on Oxycontin and then coming in under the shell of a different company and selling them Suboxone, the drug they use to get you off of Oxycontin. Um, 
And I know I've only, I mean, we can keep talking. I know, but I, I know I told you an hour or so. If you want, we can wrap it up in a couple minutes. Um, but tinfoil hat time. If you were like a Google or like a like an Instagram or whatever, I feel like what you would do if you had like limitless funds is you would pioneer one of these new alternative tech things. You would the right the I think that's kind of like the CIA like taking over like mujahideen in afghanistan in the 70s the best way to control the opposition is to lead the opposition again the best way to take control of the wolves is not to go kill them it's to bring them into the camp and domesticate them until they're a chihuahua that you could like throw 100 yards like a football that's the easiest which is a fucked up analogy but that's the easiest way to do it <laughs> i just realized as i said i'm like good lord but man do you have that own fear like personally like well i mean if we take it a different step, sure. a lot of times when you when you launch a, a tech company in the startup space, anybody who comes in as an investor, if they're not you know ideologically driven, they're going to be like, okay, so what is your end goal? Who who do you want to be bought by? Right. So a lot of these other when you launch a company contingent on raising funds, a lot of them want you to have an out. Like who, which one of the big companies, Google, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, Facebook owns Instagram now, but all those big, you know, monopolistic big tech platforms, a lot of times they'll be like, okay, make, make your 10, five to 10 year plan to be acquired by these companies. So many of the big tech uh, platforms have acquired companies just to make them go away. And that I foresee that also happening in the alternative tech space. One, that's one of the things at Free Space that we want to make sure that we don't do. And so we haven't fundraised any money with that in mind. Um, so I do with the what you're saying. I foresee that happening, or in order for them to beat Section 230 discussions, yeah. that they start getting some of these other companies out there. Like, hey, look, there's competition. Don't worry about us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't even thought about that. That's exactly what you would do. You would fund other companies and be like, what do you mean a monopoly? Look at all these. There's there's Tommy's podcast too. And Tom and, and podcast Oh Tommy. Like, yeah, no, it's not just Tommy's podcast. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of Oh man. Oh man, yeah, that would yeah. Um lastly, there are probably still like we said, there are probably still we can't just write them all off as evil corp. They're, they can't all be, you know, the iRobot, the, you know, there has to be, there are, what was the evil AI and iRobot, Vicky? Like, they're not, they can't all be evil. There's got to be some people, and not only that, not just some people, but talented people who are, you know, for instance, I've interviewed Ken Alabek. Ken Alabek was the head of the Soviet bioweapons program in the Cold War. He wanted to be a doctor, but Soviet Union, they put a gun to you and say, no, you're doing this now. And he didn't want to do this. He wanted to you want to help people but instead they're putting ebola into cruise missiles i mean real james bond dr evil stuff and he defected to the united states in 1992 and he's just a loving guy um there's got to be people in these these big tech corporations who it's very easy for me single no kids no debts little apartment not paying off a home it's very easy for me to say idyllically like what should and shouldn't happen you know free speech this and we need to fight this for our life like i don't i don't have a family that i'm supporting and men if you're out and wherever and, and google's giving you 150k a year and you're going maybe it's covid misinformation maybe it's not more than that 
yeah okay wh- however much just 500,000 whatever enough that it's like I got a kid the wife's pregnant paying off a car how much do you really care and I mean I don't agree with it but I also I'm not you know I'm not blinded by it like I get its reality that being said when you guys get bigger is there any hope that you can maybe kind of like start plucking them away like the good ones who want to do good but right now it's far too comfortable for them to do anything but follow orders absolutely and if i can give some encouraging word um there's a lot of good engineers and coders out there and many of them don't have the same mission as some of the other companies um many of the there's a lot of like silent you know more right-leaning people in Silicon Valley, they just don't speak up. So that's the one thing. If you have a company that is uh, well-funded and you can afford to really expand, which is the goal, then there's there's a huge opportunity. But on the other line, if you are starting a tech company, you do have to be careful about who you hire on the tech side because there are a number of them that might have different uh, ideas. And whoever is you know, engineering your products, you know, they're going to have access to a plethora of different data and all that kind of stuff. So I think on both sides, there's good and bad, but as you grow and as you you know increase your funding, there's so much amazing talent out there to bring over and, and really give them a home outside of the, the tech space as it currently is. Is there anything that I have not touched on? Because most of the times I can kind of like lead a conversation, but when I have on someone who's involved in a space like you that I upload stuff, but I don't know anything about when I have on like engineers and I'm like, dude, I failed calculus three times. I'll kind of realize towards the end of the podcast. I'm like, there might be like the 800 pound elephant that I have not touched on. Is there anything I haven't touched on? And I also told you that you could go in an hour. So you do have an out if, 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 if you need to run, but. Oh, I think I can kind sure. of, keep chatting a little bit. The, the main thing to touch on is just that we really need to be supporting and, you know, really empowering companies that are spending the money to, you know, get in this space. The other thing that you, we mentioned is that, so Jakub Boyens is uh, our president. Um, he is huge uh, trial trafficking at, uh, advocate. So he uh, saves hundreds of kids, you know, on a monthly basis. And one of the biggest um, engines that hosts child trafficking is big tech. So one of our biggest initiatives is making sure that there's a safe space on the internet for children. And we're like, you know, completely no, you know, no hold bar when it comes to that. You come on our platform, we're going to give some of our ad uh, platform sales to uh, different organizations that combat child sex trafficking. And we're going to be the, one of the first tech companies to truly call it out because it's rampant on the internet and many other companies just look the other way and pretend it's not happening. I've had on um, uh, Christy Wells and I cannot remember the other woman's name, um, but they're the head of a safe house project. And it's, there's, yeah. it's, a, it's an entire yeah, anti-human trafficking, all about child trafficking it's about that. And yeah, no, I mean, they're doing God's work. And I mean, man, if it, if it doesn't make you start to think if they can clamp down on, you know, however long social media has been around 
you know, ever you know, high school, middle school, high school, college, like you could always go and find whatever you want. You know, uh, aliens did nine eleven. Like you can go find some crazy person who made a fifty part documentary on why aliens did nine eleven. And then all of a sudden, right after the election and with the pandemic, all of a sudden you're seeing all these advanced AIs that can scan your entire video in 10 seconds and find the transcript and find the keywords and put a label on it. This is about JFK. This is about Area 51. This is about COVID, right? You see that on everything. Find here to find, you know, your local vaccine, whatever. It's kind of red pilling when you think about it a little longer and you go, with what seemingly was the flip of a switch, they could just identify any and all of these topics. Why can't they get rid of child trafficking? Why can't they get rid of child porn? You hit the nail on the head. Uh, exactly. What's going on? What's going on? And and that's if you can if if you're there that worried about speech you should be worried about our children. And that's the, the biggest thing that I think more people should be calling out in, in, in mass and saying, if you have, if you have this capability and technology, protect kids. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. If we're really out here to save lives and I, you know, I'm getting removed because I'm spreading hateful and harmful misinformation. Yeah. What about, what yeah what about stuff like cuties what about what about all those comments on youtube videos of old creepy guys there used to be and i I, they actually think it's still active but don't quote me on this is there was a hashtag maps on twitter that actually let pedophiles like find each other and like have a safe space and it was active for almost 10 years i think they finally just deactivated it but think about the amount of creeps that found each other on that platform. And that's still able to be in the app store. That's still able to be hosted. So if you really think about that, it, it's crazy. And it, it really just kind of goes down to like, what's the motive then? You'll pull down anything that doesn't, that, you know, questions COVID, but you're not quick on the draw to take down things that are protecting kids. That doesn't make sense at all. And like trending accounts and hashtags of people being like, you know, age is a construct. I'm a minor attractive. And you're like, whoa, like, I'm all for feeling comfortable in your own skin. I'm a heterosexual male, but if, you know, you're gay or you want to transition. Not my cup of tea, more power to you. You're an adult. Mm-hmm. Hold on. And love is love. I identify yeah. as an eight year old. No, you do not. No, you do not. 35 year old creepy guy at office or Home Depot. You are not an eight-year-old. I do not care. You can identify as a dragon. You are not an eight-year-old. It's just like, where does it end? You know, like, <sighs> major question. I'm creeped out now, man. That's... No, I know. And it's just, it goes back to like, I can turn it around to make it more positive that like companies like ours in free space we don't, that will never be a thing. It will never be allowed. It won't happen because we as a company on founding said, this is one thing that we're passionate about. And every single company should take that stance. So what we want to do is lead the charge in technology that that is 100% something that's just built into the, you know, the founding documents that it won't be allowed and that will always be removed and prevented. So if you guys are going up against human traffickers, I mean, I've joked about this with Dr. Malone, 
where I think before one time we were doing a podcast, like the door knocked on like my apartment and I was like, I was like, yeah, those just might be like mercenaries from Pfizer. And he was like, it's probably closer to the truth than you think. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, your address anonymous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, you do what? You better keep your address anonymous. Well, no, I do, but you know, they, they want to know they will know. And yeah. But it does have to make you like Joe Rogan has like a team of a literal team of Navy SEALs for personal security. As he should. As for well sure. as he should. And I wish I did, you know, but unfortunately, it's just I just use my lack of trending and lack of anyone knowing about this podcast. That's my security. Do you and I'm I always keep I mean, I'm going to keep having on McCullough and Malone. I, I don't care because I know I know it's right in my heart. I I know it's right. And I see again, like we were talking about, like 200 years in the future. I see where this is going. And like, I know that this is the hill to stand on. This is where you make your stand. And that stand is really just free speech. Do you have any concerns? Cause I know I do my own anxious mind. I'm like, am I, am I pissing off the wrong people? Like, am I, you know, you sell drugs and I just had on a, a, a an old prosecutor from Brooklyn before this. Yeah, I mean, you sell cocaine in the wrong neighborhood. You cut in on someone's traffic. You you get dead. Do you ever do you ever have any fears in my own paranoid mind? Maybe I just project that. Or I mean, you, yeah, I'm with you. I've I've had my phone hacked a couple times. I don't yeah. know if that's my work, because I work in tech and things like that. And that's that yeah. happened. And it's it depends. You really don't know. You, you never know, but it's always possible. Anytime. Anytime you're really getting somewhere on something that's taboo or, you know, people don't want light shed on, you definitely should think about that. Like, i.e. why Joe Rogan has Navy SEALs as bodyguards. Yeah. He talks about, and he talks about things that maybe necessarily I don't even agree with. He brings everybody on even like what you do. And it's just the, the reason that we're having this conversation, the reason that we're starting all these alternative platforms and why we found a free space is... We want the conversations to keep happening. I, I, for instance, it would, my life would be so easy if I didn't have an opinion on anything that I was just like, oh, no, you know, sunshine, rainbows, I don't care. But like the world that we're living in right now, you have to speak up. You have to really, if you have a voice and you you really are, are questioning everything, like that's the one thing you can ask my mom ever since I was a little kid. I'm like, why? Why do I have to do this? Why is it this way? Yeah. I've always asked why. And I really want people to start asking why again. Because even if, say, God forbid, the government has our best interests at heart, you know, we know the answer to that. We still should ask questions, right? Like, you shouldn't just take people's word for it. And I've always been that way. I know not everyone is that way. But questioning things, keeping discussion... Talking to people who don't think like you, that's really what makes the world go round. And it's so important. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've said this before. I mean, I got into medical school in 2013. I had had like a super hot girlfriend. Like my life could be just like so peachy. And granted, it didn't, you know, this was years ago and I decided not to do that and kind of be a crazy person and decide I'm going to make, I'm going to pave my own path. Now it's mm-hmm. kind of working out, but for several years it was just unimaginable horror. Yeah. It would be really, really easy to just be like, I'm just going to review Fortnite 
but like, like you have to do something. Like you have to do something. And my logic is, is, and we'll wrap this up in a second. But like my logic is, is the fight that we have, you almost have to put fight in quotations because it pales in comparison to what through generations throughout history have been where evil has been, it runs wild. Let's just take 1940. Like you have to suit up and get drafted and go die or your husband might not come back home or your son might not come back home to fight the menace. Right now the fight is we got to do a podcast and we got to, we got to upload it on social media and someone's going to comment you're a misinformation Nazi. That's the fight. (laughs) You have to spark the conversation and be, sometimes doing that makes you controversial, but I'm, I'd personally rather be controversial than be quiet about things that really matter. Um, and I think that's why, you know, your podcast that you're doing, I, I know you said you've been doing it for a couple of years. It's so important, you know, keep doing it. Even though you've hit some hiccups, you've been banned places, keep talking, keep getting the word out there because it's so important. Last question is, what does it say behind you? Your green speak be real be you oh and that's the logo that's our logo at free space because we want people to use social as it should be come on be yourself tell a joke maybe argue with somebody maybe you know do whatever it is that you want to do with social media i know people love to like a lot of the reason people use other platforms is because they really love to like you know argue or get that little jab into somebody but that's what it is. It's like whoever you are, whatever your personality is, come be you and have it on a platform where we're not going to be the arbiter of truth. We're not going to look at your posts like, oh, no, let's take that. No, we don't like that. That's that's not what we're talking about today. That's not the narrative. Um, you know, so like that, that's really um, what we're looking to do. And I'm super excited for what we have coming this year. Hell yeah. Well, I'd love to have you back on sometime. We can talk about it more. Um, have the our CEO on yeah, so You'll love. Yeah, he's a lot here than I am. Oh no, I don't <laughs> want to hear. I will not hear it. I would love to have him on. Um, well, thank you so much. And hold on one, 